0: Well, growing up, I had two parents uh, who instilled the gospel in us. Uh, they had us go to youth group. They had us go to Iwana and VBS. And a lot of times, uh, I'd be playing baseball, and I did not want to go to VBS. My, my mom had us in, like, these hole-in-the-wall VBSs in the summer. I'm like, I do not want to go. I just want to play baseball, hang out with my friends. Um, but my parents really tried to instill the gospel in me and my two younger brothers. And um, that's one of the things that I really appreciated about them. And I know I can confidently say that who I am today and how I became a believer a couple um, ten years ago was heavily due to them. Uh, But at the same time, as we all know, parents make mistakes. I know the challenges that they brought to my two brothers and I. I know their faults. I know their struggles. I know where they didn't parent well. But God could still use that to bring them Um, to bring himself glory and to bring restoration to our family. And so as I reflect on the series, you know, we've been going through the mothers, we've been going through the fathers, and we finish today with the children. We see the family dynamic and how God has been using the mothers and how God has been using the fathers and how God wants to use the children as well and their crucial responsibility in the family dynamic. So let me pray for us, and then we can get a little bit deeper in. Uh, God, we are so thankful to be here today. Father, um, I pray that you would use me, and that the words in my mouth, and the words in the um, heart of my, in the meditation of my heart, would be respectful. In you, Father, and I pray for those listening now that they'd be able to have ears to hear, God. I pray that they'd be receptive. And they'd be able to hear your word and be speaking to them, Father God. So we ask that you'd be with us here today, God, as we know you're here. I pray that you would help us know that you're here and help us be present, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So one of the things we do here is we stand for the reading of God's word. If you guys could please stand. If you guys have a Bible or if you guys have a phone, pull up the Bible app, go to Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. If you actually don't have a Bible, it should be a Bible uh, in front of you underneath the seat. If you do get one of those, that is on page 829. So Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, that is the word of the Lord that we'll be looking at this morning. So Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long and the land. So that is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So our main objective, our main idea this morning is to understand this truth that God calls children to obey and honor their parents to bring blessing to their family dynamic. I actually have an order right there, but I actually want to switch that. I don't know if that serves us necessarily. I did like a last second switcheroo, so we're going to go with that. So God calls children to obey and honor their parents to bring blessing to the family dynamic. And so as I just said, just as God is uniquely called mothers, and just as God is uniquely called fathers, God wants to use children in a special way as well. And so whether you're a teen or whether you're a young adult or however old you might be, I think this message is for all because of the power of God's word and biblical principles at hand, but I do want to center this message more specifically on children who are under their parents' authority. So message for all, but more centered on children under the authority of their parents. So children... I may not know your story. I may not know exactly what you're going through and the the dynamic between you and your parents or you with your brothers and sisters. You might be super close to them. You guys might be very unified to be on the same page, just in a good, sweet season of life. Or maybe you guys are just not close at all. And there's a lot of distance and there's a lot of awkwardness, maybe a lot of tension. Maybe you guys are just going through a tough season. Of your life. So, I don't know exactly what you and your parents might be going through necessarily, but whatever you are going through, I am very confident that the text and the scripture of God's word is powerful enough and at work in your lives, in all of our lives, to change our hearts and to prune our hearts. So, the question you might be asking is okay, so why obey? Why honor my parents? Why is this so significant? What's the point? Um, Of what Paul might be coming at here. Well, I would argue there's two implications. There's two different types of implications. We see there's horizontal implications, but then we also see there's vertical implications. So let's start with the first one. Horizontally, it will bring unity, it will bring peace, it will bring blessing to the family. Dynamics, arguments will have lessons. Parents and children will be closer, and the child and the parents will be, or well, the child specifically will be able to flourish more in a safe, nourishing, God-centered family, just how God intended it to be. But then vertically, so that's horizontal, vertically speaking, by these commands, it will be a foundation, a foundation for the children to build on, to propel them to either know Christ or to continue to know Christ. Because if they don't honor their father and mother, if they don't obey their father and mother, how much harder is that to obey and honor God? Right? Think about that. If a child cannot and is really struggling to obey and honor God, A huge vertical implication, I would argue, is that it is very much harder to obey and honor the Lord. So be thinking about these two implications, the horizontal implications and the vertical implications. And so let's look a little bit more specifically in our text uh, this morning. In verse 1, verse 1, Paul says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So plot twist, our first point is the power of obedience. I don't think I caught anybody off guard with that one. So the power of obedience, that is our first point this morning. And so the word obey here can be defined as to follow willingly or to listen and to respond to what is said. And we see this throughout the scriptures, right? This isn't something that's new. This isn't something that's probably new for all of us here, right? The apostle James says this. In James 1.22, he says, be doers of the word not only hears, only to deceive yourselves. And so we see in God's word that obedience is an important aspect that God calls his people to, but specifically for the children in this context. And so in some of your, I'm reading out of the ESV. So in some of your Bibles, you might have the NIV translation or you might have a different translation. Uh, but specifically in the ESV translation, it says the term in the Lord. So the in the Lord translation phrase could be a little bit confusing for some of us and it can allow for different types of interpretations. So one misleading interpretation that this does not mean is that you must obey your parents only if they are believers. That is not what Paul is getting at. But instead what he's getting at is the proper perspective for the child to have Christ at the center of their lives. So a better way of reading this, actually, is instead of reading it as in the Lord, I would argue it is better for us to read it as before the Lord. Because it shapes the verse verse more properly, having Christ at the center, having Christ at the foundation. And when the child does have Christ in mind, when when the child does have Christ at the foundation, they will be more inclined to obey their parents. So, for the parents, everyone, you be th- I want you to be thinking about something. Oh, yes, I saw some parents move their head up, they are looking down. Other, you guys, you guys are paying attention? Okay. Um, no, I, seriously, I want you guys to be thinking about something. So think about the times when your children are not obeying you. Right? Think about the times, <laughs> all the time. I heard, I don't know, someone down here said all the time. Um, no, but seriously, think about times when your children are not obeying you. Right? What, what emotions do those bring? Do those bring sadness? Do those bring frustration or anger or disgust? What, what kind of feelings, what kind of emotions do those bring? Paul purposely uses this word obey. He didn't just kind of happen to use the word obey. You know, he uses this very purposely because of the importance of this imperative command for the child to know for the family dynamic between them and their parents. And God understands the importance of children obeying their parents because without it or without a skewed belief of it or a tainted belief of it, the child would not be able to really truly flourish in how God has called them in the family. So children, you play a major role in the family. Again, a lot of times we talk about the father, we talk about the mother, which we should right? But I would also say that we do need to emphasize the role of the child in the family dynamic. So I remember my sophomore year of high school, um, I was going to youth group a lot more. I know I talked about i had grown up in youth group. So I was going to youth group a lot more heavily um, my sophomore year of high school. And I remember at the time, I thought I was saved. I thought I had known Christ. But one of the things that was totally false was this um, theology that I had, and my theology was, I want to go on a missions trip, because that's what good Christians do, and when you go on a missions trip, you go overseas, because that's how God makes you, that's how you know that God loves you even more, and so I don't know where I got that, but I was totally in the wrong, and that was obviously poor theology, Um, but I remember I wanted to go to Guatemala, because that's overseas, and that's what good Christians do. Um, And I remember telling that to my dad. And we're towards the second semester of my sophomore year. Sign-ups are coming up for missions trips because it was a high school missions trip. And I'm like, Dad, I want to go to Guatemala. And I remember my dad saying, Hey, what about, like, staying in the U.S.? What about St. Louis? And I was like, "Ah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I can see Cardinal fans, St. Louis Cardinal fans. Um, And I remember my dad saying, No, I think you should really go to St. Louis. And, um... By the Lord's provision and by a tiny mustard seed of obedience on my end, I ended up going to St. Louis. And that's where I became saved, was on a missions trip, sitting in a circle. I was really struggling with my relationship with my younger brother, some verbal abuse, some physical abuse. And I wanted to give that to Christ. And I wanted to say, God, I don't know what I'm exactly getting myself into, but I I think I know what I'm getting myself into, and I want to know you. And so I'm not saying every decision you make as a child will lead to salvation, and I'm not saying every decision you make as a child will have this type of outcome necessarily. But my point is that even in the most difficult difficult of times, or even when you may not feel super connected to your parents or may not be in a super good season with your parents, there is great power and obedience and through the Lord working in their lives and changing their hearts, and pruning their hearts, they will be able to build you up. They will be able to instruct you and to guide you far greater when you walk in obedience. So again, I do want to bring back the point. I may not know exactly what you're going through as a child. And one thing I actually am not saying, and I want to be very clear, is that you do not walk blindly in obedience. Right, let me say that again. You don't walk blindly as a child in obedience. God doesn't want that. That is the last thing that God calls children to do is to walk blindly in obeying their parents. But as you you have Christ in mind and have him at the center of your lives, you will be able to, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, discern what is right, discern what is wrong. So, for example, if your father or your mother is telling you to do something that is inappropriate, or dangerous, or hurtful towards others. Bring that to the light. Not just between you and God, but with you and someone that you trust. You and someone that you know could help you in that situation. God loving you does not include you being in a situation that is completely wrong or completely dangerous for you. Something that could be as small as your parents telling you to cheat your way through school or to the other end of some physical or verbal or emotional abuse. So no matter what it might be, God calls you to use wisdom and to be diligent to bring this to the attention of others. So there is great power in obedience. But obedience that is diligent, obedience that is wise and that puts Christ at the center, that is what true obedience looks like. So we see the power of obedience. Now we're going to transition to the next one. Where we see the power of honor, and we see this in verses two and three. So Ephesians two and three. It says, "Honor your father and mother." This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And so not only does God call children to obedience, but God also calls children to honor their father and mother. And a little bit later on, we'll see the differences between both of them. Because they're different, but they're also similar. And so Paul continues his instruction, and he quotes from Exodus 20.12. This is in light of the Ten Commandments. And Paul mentions this as the first commandment, but it's the fifth commandment. So what's going on? Am I reading a different translation or are we just looking at something that's an error? What's the reason that Paul uses that type of language? Because it isn't the first commandment, it's actually the fifth commandment, chronologically. But Paul isn't going at the chronological order. He's actually going at it a little bit differently. So when he's addressing and using this quote of honoring father, of honoring mother... Not chronologically, but he's using this and commanding this to the children as a primary or a foundational commandment for them to know. So he's saying that, I'm not looking at this chronologically, I'm saying this is a very important foundational and um, primary commandment for you to know as a child. So the word honor that we see here, the word honor is actually used in different places in scripture. We see it in uh, 1 Peter 2, 17, where he says, honor the emperor. So simply honoring father and mother, seen as respecting their authority, holding them to high regard, holding them as figures with authority, with reverence, right, with respect. It's an attitude of the heart. So obedience says, I will listen to you, and I will follow through with what you say but honor says I will respect you I will look to you as someone with high status someone with reverence the word <clears throat> excuse me the word promise at the end of verse 2 the word promise at the end of verse 2 continuing into verse 3 again this is from Exodus 20:12 the promise and this was in the context of the Israelites' life and so we see in scripture that God promised Abraham and the Israelites the land of Canaan, or in other words, the promised land. And that promise was made to them specifically regarding that land. And so in light of the Ten Commandments that Moses gave to the Israelites in view of the promised land, that command was in the context of adult children caring for their aging parents. And so just as God commanded the children to care for their parents, He was going to care and to love on them. And God made a promise to Israel that they may be long in the land. But as we know how the story plays out, right, plot twist, um, God continued to keep his promise in bringing them to the promised lands. But we know that the Israelites were eventually exiled of the promised land. So you might be thinking, okay, what does that have to do with us 2022? That was in the past. What does that look like for us today? So although that truth was for the Israelites and for them at that time regarding that land, there's still biblical principles that we can take away. There's still general truths that we can take from what Paul is saying. And so what Paul is getting at here in verse 3 about this promise is two things. I love how one commentator puts it. He says, stability and longevity. So stability, specifically meaning... Unity, this is in the context of the family. So unity and love and service and respect and togetherness, but also second, longevity, meaning that throughout the child's life, there will be unity with the family, not just for a season or not just for a moment. And this isn't saying that there will be no pain, right, or no challenges or no heartache, But it does show God's promise to children that when they do honor their parents, God will bless that. But what about those children that do practice this? They're great children. They're honoring their father and mother. They're doing great in school. But they aren't really blessed. One commentator puts it well, I think, and he writes, quote, But do some of the best children... Christian children not die in childhood, in youth, in early maturity. Are some not in great affliction, crippled, very poor? Do not the wicked prosper? Divine providence is full of problems for our finite minds. We can never hope to comprehend all the ways of God, especially those observed in individual cases. So yes, there there will be times when children who honor their parents endure such things. Right In this world, we may not know everything, but we do know that God calls children to this specific command of honor, for it will bring blessing. It will bring blessing to the child and the family, no matter how that might be played out. So Paul is trying to urge and help children understand that blessing, that this blessing he's talking about, of stability, of longevity, will lead to what God is calling them to do. Um, so whether, regardless, regardless, you might be thinking, okay, what happens if there's no honor in my family? What happens if my family, my children, was going through a tough time? Does, does God still, is God still pleased? Is God still in that? Man, what is going on? Right? You might be in a tough season or in a tough, just everything is just tough. Tar- everything is hard. So regardless whether there's honor or not in the family, God is still going to be at work, right? If that wasn't the truth, then I could not be preaching right now, right? God is always at work regardless if there's honor or not. And he's wanting to bring unity. He's wanting to bring his blessing and restoration to the family. And so this promise isn't predicated on us. This promise is so much predicated on God alone. He brings the blessing in and however he might want. So for the children, specifically here, parents should be seen as prominent figures, right? Parents should be seen with respect and authority. So in times when you might come home and you're tired and you don't really want to interact with them, looking them to respect, looking them, looking at them to obey. Or even at times, right, when you have, might have a sports game or you might have a musical or something going on, and you have your mom and your dad maybe with some cupcakes and like a big banner that says, great job, son, or great, go- great job, daughter. I, I, when I had baseball games, those were like the worst times for me. Um, but I, I've, come, I've come a long way. I love my, love my dad. But my point is, is by going up to them and thanking them, and not walking away, and one of your friends is like, "Hey, isn't that your mom? Isn't that your dad?" Ah, yeah, yeah, right. That isn't honoring them. That isn't respecting them. Even in times like that, right? And it's all over, the, all, all on the spectrum. We can we can fill in a lot of different types of examples. And so I want to come back to what I said before about comparing and contrasting um, honor and obedience. Honor and obedience. So first we're going to see how they're similar, and then we're going to see the differences, but then we're going to see how we need both. So the first one is they give your family an opportunity. Uh, If we go to the next slide, thank you. If we go to the, um, the first point, they give your family an opportunity to flourish. Because as we've been seeing throughout this passage, that's what God wants to do. He ultimately really wants to bless your family through children. You understand the structure of the family dynamic and the best way for it to flourish. And so when children are being obedient, when children are honoring their parents, that structure that God had placed, that, that structure that God has designed will come to fruition in how he would want that to be. Also, we see this explicitly in Scripture, right? Just as the commandments for children to obey and honor their parents, we obviously just looked at that in Scripture. But there's another verse Colossians 3.20, some of you guys might know. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. This pleases the Lord. That's a big word. So as children, this should be something always on our minds, something that encourages us as we navigate our relationship with our parents as we are obeying, as we are honoring our parents. That pleases God. Yet, on the other hand, right, we have differences. So we have some similarities, but we also have some differences. Obedience calls forth external action, whereas honor brings forth internal action. And if you remember what I said earlier, I said that obedience says, I will listen to you and I'll follow through with what you said, whereas honor says, I will look to you with respect and someone with high Status Obedience walks in external truth and honor walks in internal truth. But regardless of the differences, regardless of the similarities, we need both. God purposely uses both of these commands to raise up godly children, to raise up a godly family. So let me give you a couple examples about why we need both. So this example is obedience, but no honor. So as a child, think about this. Your parents tell you to come home at 11, or at 10, but you want to come home at 11. So you argue about it, you're going back and forth, you say, oh, i got to dance, come on, it's the prom. But that's between you and your parents, right? So you say, okay, fine, I'll come home at 10, I'll do it. So what happens? You get home at 10 right? Obedience. So you listen to what they're saying. You follow through with what they're calling you to do. And as you're grabbing your snacks, you're grabbing your drink in the kitchen, you're going to go watch a movie on Netflix. Um, Your dad's on the couch watching TV. He's watching the socks, go socks, even though they've been losing recently. Um, You grab your stuff and as you're walking upstairs, the TV's close by the stairs, as you're walking upstairs, you say, are you happy now? And you just walk upstairs. That's, that's a lack of honor right there, right? That is a lack of respect, of reverence for your parents. You got there at 10. You did what you were called to do, obedience, right? But you did not honor your parents. And the same could be flipped. The same could be flipped. So this is honor without obedience, You imagine you're a junior in college, and you're sitting with your parents, you're talking about finances, you're talking about what the semester to semester could look like, about a budget, and you agree with it. It's actually a fair budget. Everything seems to be on the same page. You even tell your parents, hey, I'm very thankful for this budget, and I'm very thankful for everything that you guys have been doing for me. I think it's really fair. I think I could do this. I respect you, right? So we see honor right there. But then, as the semester goes by, you spend a lot of money on food and on movies, all good things, right? On Netflix, on a lot of different stuff, and you go over budget. And another semester comes by, and you go over budget again, and you over, you know, it, it just spirals. And that isn't walking in obedience, because you agreed to that. You guys are on the same page with that. You thought it was fair as well. And so, we need both. We need honor, and we need Respect. So God calls children, again our main point, God calls children to obey and honor their parents to bring blessing to the family dynamic. I want us to be thinking about a couple things as we wrap up. A couple action steps um, for us to take away. So we have the internal commitment and then we have the external commitment. Challenge, Internal commitment and external challenge. Internally, as a child, do you buy into these two things? Because you need to be thinking about, do I buy into this honor and this respect and this reverence? Do I buy into being obedient to my parents even when it doesn't make sense and it's just kind of strange? I, I, I don't know. Do, do you buy into that? That's my challenge to you, is do you internally commit yourself to those two things? But also, externally-wise, the other challenge I would give to you is an external challenge, is to be thinking, okay, I have thought about the internal commitment, and I do want to try to obey my parents. I do want to try to give them honor. What's next? Well, this external challenge, practically, what does it look like for you? Does it mean maybe focusing more on being obedient to them, or being obedient to them and following through what they're saying? Or does it look like just really trying to honor them more and having respect and adoration for them? And so my hope is that these two action steps would propel and equip you to move forward in a better change in your family dynamic and that you, not just you, but you and your parents and your family would flourish, right? And God God would bless that. And finally, I just want to wrap up this series, right? Today's our last installment of the Family Dynamic Series. And I just want us to all know each one of us has an important role to play, right? Each one of us has an important role to play in the family dynamic, and God has given us the blueprint. He's given us the design. We aren't just walking blindly. I get that it's hard. It's difficult. Me and Paula, we're getting married in August. We don't have children yet, but I know that it is going to be very, very difficult when we do get married, and then obviously when we do have kids. And I want to be thinking about these two things of honoring my parents, and being obedient to my parents right now so I can try to set that example and to be speaking into my children, Lord willing. And so let us walk with grateful hearts, looking to God our Father, because He is so good and He knows what is best for us. He's given us the blueprint. He's given us the design. Let me pray. God, we are so grateful. Um, We are so grateful to be here, Father. And we are so grateful for you and your design for the family and your blueprints for the family, Father. Um, I pray that children, uh, I pray that we would be walking in the power of obedience, that we would be walking in the power of honor. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for your blueprints and your design for the family dynamic. We love you, Lord.